Hello, everybody, and welcome back in to Bloody Good Horror. It's your down-home horror podcast. Just kidding. That's not what this is, John. This is BGH. You know what it is. <laughs> My name is Eric. I'm your host for this evening. We're going to be reviewing The Cursed because apparently there were some more of those generic horror movie names left out there, and we had to make sure just stick a the in front of all of them and you get another one. That's the beauty of it, John. So... Well, I was going to, Eric, did you, I don't know, maybe you didn't see this, but it was originally, this movie debuted under a different name. What was it, it was renamed The Cursed for the for the U.S. release. Well, I got to find it, but I'll, I'll come back to this. I'm sure it was come better. Back. Uh, joining me tonight, that voice you hear from Manhattan, New York City, please welcome John Schnars. Hi, Eric. Next up. From, uh, eight, it was eight for silver. Sorry, I found it. Eight for silver. Yeah, it's not great either because that doesn't I don't know what that means. No, it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> obviously. The cursed is at least more descriptive. I mean silver. Yeah, I get silver. I get how that's related, but you know. No, Bite, once you've Bite seen Dog movie, Man makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> once you've seen man. the movie, eight for silver I guess works, but it's yeah. Hairless so. dog boy. Yeah. I like uh, Casey's got Casey's got ideas. They should have called him. Bold bold <laughs> choice, the hairless uh, werewolf, but we'll get to that. Next up from I believe the Bay Area of California. Please welcome Matilda to the show. Hey. We decided to, uh, I don't know, make up, make it up to Matilda for making her sit on that Dave Grohl movie with us. <laughs> it was such a fun conversation, though. That's true. It was. And last up tonight from the, or not last up, next up from the Pacific Northwest, also from the Zombie Girls. Please welcome Ariel to the show. Hi. And last tonight, not from the Pacific Northwest, despite his his resemblance to Sasquatch, but please welcome. <laughs> From Indiana, Mr. Casey. Hello. I mean, with hair like that, you're just, you're bringing the comparison. Hey, we have big pizzas here, too. You're actually, you've you've gone beyond Jerry Garcia, and you're starting to look like somebody who has their own cult. (laughs) Well, tune in next year. (laughs) I like You appear. I I, I don't know if you think that's going to dissuade him or push him off a different path. I'm an extrovert. I like friends. (laughs) I'm just. uh, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm I'm enjoying the journey, John, that we're going on here. No, I hear you, John. um, When you were watching this movie and you saw that the family had like servants, did that immediately make you feel more at home? We were. Yeah, we connected. We connected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, look, that's part of what's gone on in this movie i think who who draws who draws your baths for you your hot, hot steams <laughs> i'm working i'm working on training my children uh-huh. to draw a bath for me they're That's, not uh, this man. is a this is an aside but we get we actually don't have hot water in our apartment like it's like it doesn't actually get hot it gets like lukewarm but it's like an ongoing issue with my building. Uh, first I don't of all, live in the nicest building. I, would, I, I know Eric has created a situation around the show for I me. I would riot. I would riot <laughs> if that was the case in my apartment. It's uh, it's not great. Suzanne almost riots on a regular basis. I it's fine for me because I'm showering after I work. As out a person and, with you know. arthritis, I like a very good, nice hot bath. I I've learned from this movie, or just realized, I guess I'm weirdly obsessed with baths. I was weirdly obsessed with the whole bath situation in that Del Toro movie we watched a couple of weeks ago. And again, in this movie, it's like an offhanded line. She just tells the servant, like, I'll have a bath or whatever the hell she says. And it's like, I just kept thinking, I'm like, man, what a what a baller 19th century 
one percenter move to just make a person spend like an hour boiling water to pour into a tub for you. She, yeah. but she doesn't even take a bath. No, she like takes her she top like, off and then like yeah. splashes water. She, just, she does like a boob splash kind of situation. And that's like kind of it. like get in there. That was a lot of prove up for some reason. That was a lot of work. God, there's so much going on in that scene. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. What's Eric, that Shinar's response to this hot water situation was like the most Shinarzy answer ever. I can't believe he didn't comment. What did he, say? he said his wife's writing every day, and he's like, "But it doesn't bother me. I shower elsewhere." No, I said I shower after I work out. I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's it. always hot. Oh, so like, you're I don't a gym need shower water. person. Like, I don't know. How I, I have a lot of feelings about that too. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> baths i don't know i just uh, that scene it's like i mean i guess we'll we'll talk we can talk about the movie in a second here but like i think that was before i had a <laughs> no no full, let's keep going I, that was before i had fully put together <laughs> that that was her husband and i was like what is this look he just gave her is that a horny look is that disapproving like what it felt disapproving yeah, yeah. it was like oh you got him out again <laughs> their relationship is like one of the more interesting parts of this movie in my well, yeah but let's get right into it, John. Yeah. Let's take a that quick, was a weird one. Let's take a quick break so that we can review the cursed. This is it, Shadowbird. Your big break in TV. Stop the front time. Main feature. I kind of already uh, used up my Schnarr's talking point for the night, I guess. Servants. Was it about it was about bad servants and, oh, and servants. Yeah. yeah. There. Um Boston Marathon's back, John. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. And you don't wear a mask on a plane now, which makes me uh feel great about getting on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the I'm state of the it. world with Eric. And uh next up, we're gonna do the word of the day. I'm a little off my game tonight, Schnars. I ate something and it hurt my tum-tum. And here we are. I was just worried because we didn't start the show quite on time. And, yeah, you know, I was getting, I was getting nervous. All right. So the word, Eric. Smelt. Like smelt. smelt. He who smelted, dealt it. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so interesting you bring that up. Smelt. S-M-E-L-T. The verb. This is the first definition. Verb smelt. Extract metal from its ore by a process involving heating and melting. Mm-hmm. Heating and melting. Um, that comes to us from the uh, Middle Low German smelten. Low German. Yeah, yeah. It's real Not nasty. High. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the opposite of high. As you um, noted, smelt. I was surprised because I thought this was not proper English. But it is a past and past participle of smell. Oh, it is. Smelt. So you could say like, yeah. I smelt it. And that's. Yeah, I smelt it the other day. <laughs> I, I just, I would have thought that was not proper. And, and it is proper. I'm so. really enjoying the disapproving look Matilda's giving you, trying to hide. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the last, very quick, last one. Did you know smelt? And I mean, if we have any Fisher people in the house, a smelt is a fish. Uh, there is a small silvery fish which lives both in marine mm. and fresh water and is sometimes fished commercially. I don't think they have that fish in Animal, animal Crossing, John, so I'm unfamiliar. I think, no, I think they do. I <laughs> oh, actually think okay. a smelt is in Animal Crossing because my kids have been playing it. I'm going to have to look it up. So. 
Um, maybe I just you got to fish in the spring, Eric, uh, or maybe in the winter. Dude, I, I could do a whole show on how frustrating fishing and animal crossing is. So we won't go there. <laughs> All right. John, why don't you tell it's me about, tell me about the cursed, the cursed. Um, where did we even hear about this movie? I don't know. Um, but, uh, it's a, it is a horror film premiered or debuted uh, this year, February, uh, in the U S I, it, I believe it actually debuted at the um, at Sundance or it, it got like a screening at Sundance, but it was released overseas. So the director here is this guy, Sean Ellis, who we were talking about this before the show. He's made a bunch of movies that like if you spend time on any of the streaming services, you will recognize the cover of these movies. I don't think any of us have seen any of them. So he did this movie Cashback. He did The Broken with Lena Headey. Um, his last film was called Anthropoid and had Killian Murphy and another guy whose name I'm going to forget. But in any event, so he, this is a writer director here. Um, he, he's English. The cursed is set in, I'm going to forget it's somewhere in France, Lucerne, France, or something like that. Um, the film opens at the battle of the Somme, which was like, if I if, if I remember my World War One history, it's like the it was the deadliest battle in World War One, and we see we see the scene where this guy basically gets shot up. He gets taken into a tent, and a a field surgeon starts to extract the bullets from him. And as he's extracting them, he extracts this like other bullet that looks different and is like much bigger. And that then kicks us back thirty years to the eighteen eighties in France. And this kid, this 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 man in the war is a kid who is living on this estate. Um, and yeah, I mean, so it then the rest of the film is like, how did this bullet get in him? OK, well, it turns out the estate is part of I don't even know what you like. I don't know enough about French history to like <laughs> define it's a manor. And then there are like there's like a town around the manor and like. There's like elders that convene at this place. Like this, the Pete, the family that lives at this this house, like it's a runs little, the, it's a little, here. it's a little like feudal. It is it's a little Downton Abbey. It, it, but it's like 1880. Like it's pretty late in the game. For that's where I was like getting a little. The the history was like getting was tripping me up. In any event, the the setup here is that there is a there is a um, Romani, like a Roma clan that comes onto the property that is not necessarily on the property of the manor, but is property of like the, the whole town. And so like the townspeople get together and they're kind of like, whoa, what's going on? They're calling them gypsies. Obviously that's like a derogatory term at the, at, you know, in our day and age, but that's, that's how they refer to them in the film. Um, they, they decide, you know, we've got to deal with these people um, we're going to get them off our land. The, this this Roma community has a legitimate claim to the land, and they like make that known to the to these people. And so instead, they go and like wipe them out. It's basically like a genocide situation where they like, I mean, very graphically roll in, clear them out. But so the, there's like a there's this one woman who then, you know, and we we'll talk about it. But she puts a curse like there's a, there is a curse enacted like these people are coming this curse. she she does it as like a protection thing obviously they are not protected but then they are protected in the afterlife by this curse um and that then leads to 
I don't like without spoiling, it leads to people in and around this community being hunted and killed by an entity that they don't understand that is gradually revealed over time. Um, the boy from the original like Battle of the Somme scene is like the first person to disappear. So you like sort of know, obviously, that he's coming back, which diffuses. And again, we'll talk about it, like some of the tension. And there's also like, the several town. different wolves like wolf people throughout the movie yeah, yeah. obviously like it, it it like metastasizes this curse but that's that's the setup that's the background it's very much a period horror film um and yeah we'll i'll stop there we can we can get into it cool i love it uh spoiler alert obviously just say it now before we get into it matilda what did you think of this um so i liked this i it was gorgeous and almost to a fault because I was so distracted by the visuals that it was difficult for me to actually pay attention to what was happening. And then I like plot would happen. I'd be like, Oh wait, back it up. I'm missing it. Cause I'm just stuck in the misty forest. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's happening. And, and I felt like the dialogue and the plot was a little less strong than the visuals in some ways. Um, like I'm coming away from it mostly I'm going to remember the visuals in this, uh, but there are some great, there's some great gore in this. Um, and the creature design in particular, I'm sure we'll talk about this like autopsy scene was very compelling to me. Um, and the way that, you know, when they're working with the, um, the Romani folks, that's a little bit of a horror cliche, but I think it went interesting places, which I know I'm sure people will talk about, but I liked it. Nice. Casey. I ended up enjoying this quite a bit too. I didn't have any idea what we we're getting into really. Um, hadn't watched the trailer or anything. So watching it unfold, it was a, it's a slow start, but as you get into this movie, especially when she get like into the middle of the second act, what's the, uh, Oh, what kind of doctor was he? I'm sorry. Oh, what do they call him? A pathologist, uh, right? Pathologist, pathologist. Yeah, the, once the pathologist starts to show up, I think this movie makes a distinct turn style-wise. Well, it's not necessarily a turn. I think it just finally clicks on what they're trying to do. And this movie from that point, once he shows up, has very, very strong Hammer Horror vibes. From the dialogue to the setup with this, you know, strange you know, researchers showing up and finding something in the town and whatnot. It was very hammer. It was very cool. On top of that, there's parts of this movie that reminded me of the void. We'll get into that later. Like Matilda was talking about with the uh, autopsy, excellent scene. And then to me, that really kind of gave this, especially from that scene on really gave this a, a cosmic horror Lovecraftian flair with it too. And it kind of helped color it. And it felt like they morphed the werewolf mythos to this, which I really thought was kind of cool. Ariel. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this movie was really enjoyable. I had a lot of fun with it. I like werewolf movies, but there are a lot of really bad ones out there. And I don't think this falls into that category, luckily. And I agree with Casey. I mean, I felt that hammer horror vibe like right off the bat. And there are so many scenes that are kind of you know, sort of iconic tropes in Hammer horror movies that yeah. was really, you know, fun to see in this too and modernized a little bit. Matilda's Misty Forest. Yeah. Sorry it, to interject. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Even him just like coming into the bar, you know, and people 
not really wanting him there. Um, so yeah, all of that was really fun. Like you guys said, it looked fantastic. I really enjoyed the twist on the, the werewolf idea. It, it did some things that I haven't seen other werewolf movies do before. And I think that's hard to accomplish. So I really appreciated that for me. I think what kept it from being just like an absolutely great movie is the characters. I just think most of them are really boring and I didn't really connect with them. And even when really tragic, sad things happen, um, I'm a crier. I cry at movies really easily <laughs> and I didn't shed a tear for this one. So I think that says something about my level of connectedness <laughs> with the characters. But yeah, I still thought it was fun. Love it. Encanto was making me tear up over the weekend. You ever see that movie, John? Yes. <laughs> I've seen Encanto like five times. I still yeah. cry. Like it's, I cry thinking about it. It's Even I've seen it like five times. <laughs> um, John, what'd you think? Yeah, I... I wouldn't say I love this movie. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it period horror in general is just like catnip for me. Like it's got to be bad Schnarznip. for me to not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It, but the and this the thing that blew me away, like the production value on this, is really really high. Is, yeah. Like for a movie that I had not really heard of. So I, I was, I was trying to think, where did we get this movie? I had, I was like searching through, um, uh, can you watch it? And I always go to like, what's like recent, really recently released filter horror. And it's just like, this was like at the top, uh, as, as something that had come out and was rentable. Um, it's great. Like it's, it's so much better than so many other things we've watched that get like way more, attention i'm like how does a thing like this not get more attention it, it kind of blows my mind i mean part of it i think is it's it's a european film right like it's the whole cast is british it's it's brit i mean european it's british the filmmaker is british i did just check while we were ta- while y'all were talking um sean ellis who wrote and directed was also the cinematographer so like oh wow, oh, wow. he did it all like he's talented I, that's no the that's the thing like i totally agree the shot for me where I was like, oh, wow, this is actually like a pretty good movie is the scene where they they're the like sort of genocide of the like Dude, Roma I mean, clan. And that like, scene comes right yeah. off the heels of that. The World War One scene, which was also crazy intense. Well, right. the way mm-hmm. he shot it, it's a single take. It is in Wide a shot. sort of like middle distance shot. Yeah. And it's, you don't get any audio. There's like a little bit of music playing behind it, but it's, it's very much, I mean, it's not, I don't want to say it's like super extended, but it's like one take where you see that you're not under, you don't get to hear the interaction, but you see it and you see it turn sideways very quickly and then get like crazy. And that, that moment where it goes from, you know, there's all the, all the sort of like townspeople are on horses and the Roma people are like talking to them and you can tell it's getting elevated. Someone gets shot. And then there's these like fires that start and it's like 30 seconds goes by. And then the whole fucking village is like on shit, fire. Yeah. Just so wet, like that choreography mm-hmm. of like the shot itself. And then to get the effects to work, whether that was real fire or effects fire, like I was just like, wow, this is like real. This is like a real movie all yeah. of a sudden. <laughs> and if I, my one criticism, I totally agree, Ariel, like the characters, I part, I don't know if it's like, 
I couldn't connect to them for a specific reason. I think a lot like it, it look, it comes down to the screenplay is flawed. I would actually put most of the issue on the fact that it's too long. Mm, so the movie's like yeah. an hour and 50 minutes. It's almost I two think, hours, John, you know, my feelings on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, and, and like, I was cool with it because it, it is gorgeous. And so there's a lot of like lingering shots that could have like, do we need to see the wife with the bath topless, like splashing water or Man, something? I don't know. But like, <laughs> that was like a moment. Um, I did not need to see that. I didn't know. No, I, I wish mean, I understood. I, look, I wish I understood what was scenes, like, happening. Be at the bottom of the list. But, <laughs> um, but it, but at the same time, it like the the pacing. He he has a very specific pace that he's going for. The screenplay is indulgent, probably, and and to Ariel's point, the like characterization is not strong enough to pull you through yeah. on that on that length of script. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys all said what I was thinking very smartly. So nice work. I think the show's over, everyone. Uh, <laughs> I think Matilda is right. This is like a gorgeous movie. Like at, at moments where almost like stopped me in my tracks was like, damn, that's a nice shot. Like <laughs> just setting up these really nice tableaus. I'm also a sucker for period horror. This is in particular late 19th, early 20th century is a big time that I'm very interested in. I think lends itself to a lot of like visual possibilities. I especially love when a movie can make me feel that authenticity of kind of being there. And I, they, they do that sort of two ways here. One way is really making you feel the lack of light and like the sort of sparse light sources and stuff that existed in this world. But also like to your point, John, that shot, um, what's cool about that shot is when you, just post up on a wide shot and take all the quick cutting and effects away. It kind of puts you in it in a weird way. Like it makes it feel more authentic. It makes it feel more, you're just like you're standing in a field watching this happen. And it is this really impressive choreography of all these different actors and stuff. That's those moments are when the movie is at its strongest. Um, I, I mean, I think I'm trying to remember. Um, it, it reminded me of, um, what was that World War II Nazi movie? Um, uh, Overlord? Yes. Yeah. That had Overlord. a really sick opening battle scene. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it just that. reminded me of this. This reminded me of that in the sense that, like, it's right out of the gate. Crazy town. The costuming is so good. There are creepy gas masks, and they're being, like, tossed with mustard gas. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, that, It sounds dumb, but the shots of that mustard gas at the beginning of this, I thought was amazing to watch that unfold and just had to show how it worked and stuff. Yeah, it's like, it's, Oh wow. It's so well shot. Yeah. You know, the fun thing about mustard gas is it, how stupid it was. Cause a lot of times it, they would throw it or it would like get dropped and then the wind would change and just come yeah, back at the back people on. who sent it. Yeah. yeah. But, um, that, sh- that scene really stuck with me. It's just so like, it's kind of a microcosm of a lot of the filmmaking. It's very, uh, measured and kind of lyrical and in a visual way that just like really when they're turning it on, it's really amazing. There's a couple of scenes. Another one that sticks in my head is when they're going out for the hunt at the end. And it's this like long focus shot where they're like got their torches and it's at dusk and it's like foggy. And it's like, God, like that's a shot where like Matilda <laughs> was saying, he's like, I don't even know what's going on. That's the 
best thing I've ever seen. Like that's <laughs> I love the dogs, the dogs running. The dogs, the yeah. dogs running. It was the best. Yeah, so it's yeah, an absolutely it so beautiful movie. But um, man, I'm with everybody else. The character work and the script do not live up to how pretty it is. Um, I'm already most of it's in one ear and out the other as far as like what I've retained from watching the movie. Uh there is some good, I think, tension, but like emotionally, are you really invested in anyone? I'm not. I'm not always so sure about that. No. Yeah. Also, it's uh, funny. Like they have name actors in this. So, um, is the the mom the mom is on Yellowstone? Which I what's mean, her name? I don't watch it. Um, is it? She. I, I think I know who it is. Look. I don't want to be totally wrong. She. She's the. She's like one of the main act- actresses on Yellowstone, which is, you know, one of the largest or, you know, most popular shows in America. Um, what is her name? I'm pulling it up. But, um, and then the, the guy who plays the pathologist uh, is this guy, uh, Boyd Holbrook, who I knew from Narcos, but he's been in tons of shit. Like he's kind of like been all over the place since then. Um, I'm with Casey and they brought him in it was almost like too late. Like he becomes the main character of the movie. Yeah. And you don't get to him until like, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes in, like they try to do like one scene to like bring, but this is where like the actual plot of the film of him as the pathologist, quote unquote, solving the situation. He keeps referencing this like other case where the same thing had happened. I keep wanting to say like Jodorowsky or whatever. Like it, it's, it was some like other French, you know, town where they had had this like run in with a Roma clan and, and his uh, wife, you know, there's this whole like backstory of like his wife and kid were killed, which is supposed to be your like entry point to him. Right. I don't know. And it they try to, clicked. they, they also try to like, they really lean on that at the end for like an emotional kick that kind of isn't there. Well, because they, her, so the, the woman who plays the wife, her name's Kelly Riley. They also try to make it this thing of like, there's like a little bit of sexual tension between them. Right. And this is where the scene of her and, you know, taking this bath and then the husband comes in and like looks at her disapproving, you know, it's like, that's where that scene becomes important because it's like, what kind of like prude ass dude is, right. is this guy? Who's <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever. Is this, but, would this have been like the Victorian era? Uh, like, I, I didn't know how that I mean, translated. It, it versus effectively like was the US. right. Like, yeah, it's, but it's France, not right. I don't know what the official Victorian era is, but yeah, I, I mean, so they have like, and even the guy who plays the husband, his name's Alistair Petrie. He's like a guy, like we've seen him. He's like a character actor. He's been in stuff. And this is where, you know, you all were referencing Hammer, like totally, like they, they, they had talent here. Like they had yeah. actors and, and they were carrying this movie as much as they could. It just felt like the script wasn't giving them enough meat. No, to like I, I don't think so because nobody had a personality really that you could yeah. grip onto. Like hammer always had sort of iconic characters in their movies. And this one just lacks that there's nobody yeah. that you can hang your hat on. And I feel like they tried to do that with the pathologist, but then they just didn't go far enough with the script and the dialogue to make you really care <laughs> about him and his story enough. And even like you were saying, John, with the, 
the sexual tension between him and his wife, like it's so slight and it never goes anywhere. They never <laughs> do right. anything with it. So it's like, why are we even having this in the plot? You know, I mean, a well, perfect it, example yeah. to that is like the pathologist, like, like Ariel's talking about. I think he was clearly set up to be Peter Cushing's uh, exactly. housing, right? Mm-hmm. It was that kind yeah. of thing. And they had even had him bring out his box of toys and was kind of flitting through his tools and stuff but it seems like they put all their effort on making sure they hit that comparison with the tools and the toys and stuff to get kind of the van helsing setup and forgot to build any more on yeah yeah i mean i i was very curious if that is what they're trying to set up here is like you know the idea that he would then go forward as the peter cushion character and there's like you know, this is the where we should we should talk because we we haven't talked about like the actual creature at all, which oh. <laughs> was was interesting. I mean, we we mentioned it as like a werewolf thing, but you know, this is the werewolf movie. Is there like a future vampire film? How do you you know? Is he is he the the hunter right who's gonna like go and solve these problems? How do you feel, John, yeah. about your werewolves being nude? I so I know how the husband well, feels. The husband wouldn't feel great I about it. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I was what if pro naked water. On yeah, <laughs> then <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would have to like turn the film off for a second. <laughs> the um, so I enjoyed. So all right, ju- let's just hit it really quickly. The concept here is the the Ro- the Romani like this woman who's I don't know what her role is, but like. The like clans leader woman from the Romani tribe. She like instructs one of the people to like melt down a bunch of silver and turn it into a set of teeth, which is like the thing that's going to like protect them. That like basically like creates the curse. And then everybody in the town starts having these nightmares. One of the kids goes up and it goes and digs up the teeth, puts the teeth in, bites someone. And then that like kicks off. That person then becomes this werewolf. Um, what I loved about it is that like, it takes kind of the, I'll say the fun parts of werewolves without all the nonsense. The thing that makes werewolf stories not work this is just like me editorializing at this point. You can all tell me if you disagree is the like full moon nonsense. Like, ah, gotcha. It's, I get why it's built in, but for purposes of like films, it's pretty tough. Like it, it makes limits, the movies yeah, like a little anticlimactic. It limits you, yeah. 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 And but here they just throw that away. What they kept is the silver concept. And they like do this whole song and dance about um Judas and the like whatever 23 pieces of silver or whatever. You know, somebody can yeah. correct me on that, but um which like what like for purposes of coming up with a curse and like connecting it to like this culture of like, cause this was a, it was a Judeo Christian society. Like I, it was believable. Um, but yeah, I liked that. It was just like, fuck it. There's, there's just these human wolf people now running around. And when you get bit, you get transformed and like, there's no going back. There's none of this, like you become a day Walker nonsense or whatever, you know, like yeah, you're just like a werewolf now or well, you're like we should, a wolf person. One of the best so. scenes in the movie too, is this sort of, um, is it the autopsy scene with the little girl? So like, that's an interesting thread to this type of werewolfism, which is that like when they kill the wolves, the people are like inside of them and they like, there's yeah, a scene so where cool. they cut one open, a bunch of the dudes, 
in a yeah. very like Dracula Van Helsing kind of like scene. And the girl, but it's like, it's very Lovecrafty. There's like tentacles going all around and the girl comes out and she's like, they're like, Is it, they're never the same. You got to kill her. And it, it's a messed up scene. Like if, if you want to yeah. talk about memorable scenes in this movie, that's very high yeah. up there. That's where I got the comparison to the void uh, is that very scene, because there was a scene towards the end of the void. It's been a long time since we've seen it where the guy's uh, wife was, who was the nurse at the hospital ended up downstairs. It's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole changes that they made to the werewolf lore was just so interesting because even the transformation, usually you have people, you know, on all fours and their bodies kind of being twisted and contorted and they're in all this pain as it's happening. But here it was like vines came out of their body and wrapped around them. And that was so interesting. And then, yeah, the idea that you're essentially still a whole person locked inside the body of the werewolf. I mean, that's really cool too. And I, I think the way the werewolf looked, this whole like naked werewolf that we're talking about is interesting. I mean, we've seen so many sort of iterations of werewolves. It's interesting to see something that looks different. I personally think they maybe showed it a little too much by the end of the movie. And it was better when you got quick cuts or just like little glimpses of it. Um, I think because once you saw the whole thing without the neck and stuff, it was a little. uh, It's almost like a weird. um in the original Pumpkinhead, there's like a couple different versions of Pumpkinhead, and one of them is more man than Pumpkinhead. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. I love, I love where you went with this. You're just like, <laughs> remember Pumpkinhead? And that's kind of <laughs> what it. I mean, that's kind of what it looked like. I yes. I think that they they edited some of those werewolf attack scenes in a way that projected that they were like a little self conscious about that yeah. effect. Yeah, yeah. and the well, problem is well, it. It, and the other fault it's in with them stark. is they need to they needed to uh, differentiate them a little more too because they're all supposed to be different people, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The problem though is because right, the autopsy one is really like fishy, like it's just like a right. series of membranes that look great and shiny, and then they get kind of duller and duller as they go. I think yeah. the problem with those scenes is they're in stark contrast to these other tableaus that are so like confident and beautiful, and then we're like in an up close encounter, and it's like. MTV video from 2002. It's literally like, <laughs> bah, 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 like holy shit. And then, and there's like some questionable CGI in there. It yeah, it's weird enough to feel out of sync with everything else you're like kind of seeing. So I my big yeah. So I actually I agree with all that. I think it was weird to me that they showed they have that scene, the autopsy scene y'all referenced, because then you get the full you get the full Monty at that point. Like you've mm-hmm. seen the whole monster. And I do think it would have been impactful had they held, like, cause the, the, the scene that I'm thinking about is, um, when the woman's hanging the, uh, the laundry. The laundry. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was like handled pretty well. That was like one of the tenser scenes, at least from just like a, you know, visual tension for the, like within that one scene. And, I don't know, like I, the CGI is not amazing, but again, like for this kind of movie, my expectations are kind of like I was surprised how good it was, yeah, given sure. for what this was. But but because we had seen that, you, you know, you had had that uh, sequence with the autopsy, it does kind of undercut some of the stuff that comes later with the boy. The thing that I liked, <laughs> this is like like very small, but 
it's not a wolf. Like it's a wolf in that in that it walks on all fours. It has a human face, yeah. and it is fucking weird. John, like, you might it just say looks yeah. weird. You might say it's more pumpkin head than wolf. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And it has no tail either. No, yeah, exactly. But that's yeah. what was fun with this too, because they took that like we've already talked about. They've deconstructed that werewolf myth and changed it up, and now it's got like they mixed in a dash of zombie. And a bit uh, dash of like Hammer Dracula flicks yeah. as far as the plot structure on this, because you get the zombie aspect that that's now spreading to everybody, which was always part of it. But it feels since we don't have the full moon aspect and stuff, it feels more viral as they're going through. I thought that was interesting. And that but overall, the whole plot, too, is feels a lot like a Dracula flick from Hammer early on yeah. or Captain yeah, Kronos. Totally even. Yeah. Yeah, I even I like kind the, of like. Go ahead. <laughs> Jinx. I, I even liked the part where the boy put the the I don't know wolf dentures in his mouth and became possessed <laughs> because I've never seen that in a werewolf movie either, right? You usually have to get bit by the actual werewolf to change. So the idea yeah. that this boy could become possessed by the spirit of a werewolf, bite another kid, and that kid becomes a werewolf. I mean, that's really yeah, inventive. Cool. It's one of those things where it's like, where did the werewolf come from? Yeah. If you have to be bit by a werewolf, where did it come from? This movie answers that definitively. And in a yeah. really, the the overall, um, yeah, the design of the mythos here is, is, I thought, really good. And look, like, that's where, so the other piece that they pull forward from all the vampire, other, or not vampire, the other werewolf stuff is the silver bullet, um, which is prefaced, like, at the very beginning of the film, um, and to me, that was the, ex- someone asked a question. I can't remember whom over, uh, over email. That was the, the reason why the boy survives. Versus right. I figured else. that out. Yeah. Cause he still had the bullet left inside of him. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's why he was, yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't he, get he was, that. Yeah. I feel yeah, like that's supposed to be different. like, you're supposed to get that during that reveal, but I wasn't. Yeah. Well, right. was kind of I it took me a little while too. I thought it was <laughs> a Lost Boys either. situation. They killed the master, and everybody was cured. <laughs> oh, uh huh. I was like, well, honestly, like, t- it took me a second to catch up with the reveal of like, what are you? No, well, what happened? I mean, at the very end of the film, they removed the silver bullet, and then he dies. Like that's yeah. So yeah, makes sense. But it's it's the reason he got to stay a normal boy after he came out of the body of the werewolf. So it it all like fits together, and it makes sense. I just didn't see it in that moment, and I also think that that scene, spoiler alert, where the mom dies. It's not as impactful as I feel like it could have been because I just didn't care about the character. That scene where they're touching and she's holding him and she thinks he's dying. And then right as he wakes up, she's dead. I mean, that should be really emotionally impactful. And it just wasn't. You know, Matilda, it reminded me of that final scene in Possessor. Do you remember that? Yes. And I mean, that's Mm -hmm. about maternal ambivalence and like corporate greed and shit. It's a totally different idea. But that had so much emotional impact. And here I just didn't I just didn't feel it, you know. I thought about Love that scene too, and I was possessor. Like, you had me. Why possessor. am I not feeling this more? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I I totally agree. Like I didn't. There was at, at no point that I really care what was happening to any of the characters, yeah. and to a certain extent, I, I don't know. Like I put some of it on the fact that like the overall structure where you start with this boy, you know, in at the Battle of the Somme, you know, he, you know, he's the original one who gets infected. You know he's going to survive. You also know his sister's going to survive because you see her in that original tee-up scene. Right. And so, like, you had these two main characters, and then obviously the pathologist, and you're like, 
But like, do you really care what happens to the mom? Like the mom, come on, like yeah. whatever. She's fine. Like <laughs> she's like, she's like not sexually satisfied by her husband, but like otherwise like, no problems in her life. Like living in this fucking manner where someone's making her bath for her. You know, like, it's, but I did wonder fine. what it would have been if they kind of, because the kids carry so much in this mythos. Right. And it kind of stands in for this, like the sins carry the kind of like unconscious guilt of colonialism. Right. right. In this yeah, yeah, yeah. myth. Yeah, so sure. like, if they had focused more on the kids as characters, I feel like I would have liked, Yeah, I would have been more connected. Yeah. I totally like if it was the brother sister thing or if it, you know, but mom was like there a lot and I couldn't. Making I them couldn't sing off it up for songs her in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I thought the kids were fine. Like, th- like sure. as actors, like they, yeah. you know, the, the yeah. sister was decent. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know. She doesn't get that much to work with. Um, and the, the brothers obviously like gone, but even like the, the boy, Tim, who's the one who puts the teeth in his mouth. Like I, th- you know, the scenes that he's in work. Yeah. Um, and they could have probably leaned into this a little harder, but you know what? We yeah, haven't and discussed I think yet. They have so- go ahead, oh, go Matilda. Ahead. No, finish. Like they have those kids have such like rich dream lives, right? That leads them to down to the scarecrow, and we didn't even talk about that scarecrow being so amazing. But like (sighs) those, but I feel like it would it would be easier to connect with those dreams if we knew anything about the kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those those kids are real bold for kids who like seem to understand the consequences of their actions. Like in the beginning when they're messing around, they're like, you literally can't tell anyone. We're going to be like excommunicated if you tell someone. It's yeah. like, you get that Your part though, right? Like you've seen the witch. That don't, that won't go well for you. <laughs> yeah. The, I was got Matilda uh, brought up what I was getting ready to bring up too. We haven't talked about the scarecrow at all. Yeah. That was insane too. <laughs> that was super grim. I mean, like yeah. the, the yeah. like genocide stuff here is is look it's it's not like pretty to look at like that's the point like they want you to confront this and like that's what this that is what the curse is set off by and it's what the addition of the romani curse like means something more than it does a lot of times because it's connected to the colonialism and the genocide and everything that happens so it, it adds like a layer of nuance where you don't kind of roll your eyes as hard as you would at those kind of curses you know, that trope being in a lot of horror movies. It's no, you're totally right. Yeah. It's yeah. really interesting yeah. how they thread that needle because they are shown as like mystic sort of uh, right. dark dealing sort of people, yeah. but it's only invoked when they're like, you know, pretty heinously treated. So it's like, yeah, I thought that was a pretty interesting approach too. Yeah. But like the, the scarecrow when he was active was all in the sister's dreams, right? Or did he move around for real too? No, he was in all the dreams. No, yeah. he's he was just in the I dreams think, though. Oh, that right, he was coming to life. Right, right. he's yeah. not like yeah, yeah, animated. I think so. That's and an even ev- the way he's killed, kind of like with the it's getting it's a little Freudian, but like has like his hands get cut off. There's like the powerlessness of that is really. Oh yeah. Well done. The, the image of that yeah. scarecrow is so good. Like the way it's shot, the way he shows up in dreams. It's almost a little Slender Man. But mm, again, yeah, it's I like this movie's a little all over the place, though. Like it's yeah. the scarecrow and then it's the werewolf. But it's like this. It's like cosmic well, you're and right. 
It's kind of a lot going and, on, but that image of the scarecrow is amazing. And that scene where they turn him into the scarecrow is so impactful. The one, the thing that sticks out to me is where the guy who orders it, who's just like at his little table making his like notes, he just kind of looks over his shoulder and just sort of like half la half sneers while they're like chopping all this dude's limbs off and like crucifying him. It's like pretty. It's pretty. Well, yeah. Just just to like, I mean, where to poke at that a little bit, like. He's like make an example of him, but like, who is the example for? Yeah, like, you already killed them all. Yeah, you killed everyone. No, a lot of them yeah. ran off. And your, and like, a lot of them is it for your kids. Yeah, and they, they tell the kids they're not allowed to go there. Like the kids are like not supposed to like right. go to that part. So like that is fair. What is I will this? say is though, if you watch that scene, like, it seems what? like a lot of them run off into the woods and they don't chase them. Like once the people run off, all the people on the horses just stay there. Oh, so maybe they congregated again somewhere else. My guess is that's the sign for people who like ran off, like don't come back here. Like that's So they were nice enough and they just wandered them off the land, right? They didn't chase them. But it's a good point, John. It's a good point, John, that you do leave yourself pretty open for looky-loos of other types that are, you know, you don't want to get. You're saying like they didn't kill all the the You can see it. You see many of them just run off into the woods and the guys in the horses circle as stuff yeah. burns and then they all congregate. They all stop. I, like I didn't I really see. That. Okay. I didn't really see. Cause it, in my head, I'm like, you guys are going to go kill those guys or what? Like I was thinking about how <laughs> yeah. I was watching. Right. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, you're I, gonna I, do I it. Get the job how, done. Just how evil they made them look. I mean, accurately. Yeah. yeah. Evil. And yeah. even that, the scene where they pose for that photo, you know, in front of uh, all these dead bodies, it's so disgusting, but it's e and it's easy to think that that's stuff that just happened in the past, but like we all remember like the Abu Ghraib photos. Like this isn't stuff that <laughs> is far not, behind no, totally. us, right? We're still right. doing it's this. Gross, shit. grossly human. Yeah. 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 Humans aren't great, John. Twenty twenty two. We also do good stuff. Do we? Does it out? Does it outweigh <laughs> the other know. stuff? Though, John? We made the guy. Someone made this movie. So you're a real, you're a real optimist boy. <laughs> New York city uh, energy. You got, I like it. Um, love it. Would you recommend this movie Matilda? Yes. Casey. You betcha. Ariel. Yeah. Jonathan. Yes. I would say if you're like real into werewolf movies, what do you think they call, what do you think those people call themselves, Johnny? I think they're like wolfies. If you're like a wolfie, <laughs> then sure. you're, you know, how often do you get new folk. werewolf movies? There's some good werewolf action. There's no hair, which is weird, but mm -hmm. I think, I think mm -hmm. it'll give you a fix. And if you just like pretty period pieces, I think you'll probably get something out of this too. I'm not sure that it, I'm not sure that it rises to the level of like, everyone should go see this right now. But, you know, depending on your tastes, yeah. I guess I would say. I'm just, dude, I, John, I'm just giving qualified answers every week now. I don't care. I need new, I need nuance in my life. And I think, I think the people do too. I think I appreciate it. Fair enough. Um, I guess I would put this on my top 10 list. I just realized Caitlin's like not around. So I'm going to have to go find it. Uh, -oh. Ugh. uh, let me look that up, John. While she's uh, coming back soon. She's coming, you know, we're not that far yeah. away. That's true. That's true. All right. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. Dear Mom and Dad, I've been at sleepaway camp for almost three weeks, and I'm getting very scared. Someone is watching you. Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. 
sleep away camp, you won't be coming home. Rated R. Hi, this is Dana Robot from everything you've ever seen on television, and you're listening to Bloody Good Heart. fall asleep john Mm-mm. good luck with that with the state of the world that's all i want to do these days is sleep john um info at bloodygoodhorror.com no emails this week uh ariel and matilda yes where can people find you you guys can fight over who is gonna tell me <laughs> sure. I mean, you can find us on our website with zombiegirls.com and that's G-R-R-L-Z. Matilda and I spend a lot of time on social media on Twitter and Instagram, which is ZG Podcasts. And we're Zombie Girls wherever you find podcasts. Love and it. we have we have a bunch of different podcasts on there. So like anything you're interested in, whether it's women talking about women directed horror movies or people talking about Nick Cage movies, we've got you covered. <laughs> nice. You might say it's a whole podcasting network, the zombie girls. That it is. Thank you. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Casey, you got stuff out there for people. Yes. My stuff or for Twitter? No, I mean your stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. I've got some art out there on cinema.formage on Instagram. They, uh, I've been drawing since the uh, quarantine started and it's, kind of grown grown on me and it's uh, part of my daily habit so i post a lot of pictures out there there's some uh stickers floating around out there if you're interested in that and i've got some projects coming down the line so love it you know schnars i kind of respect that you never have side projects what does it feel like to be whole inside and not be constantly chasing after some feeling you'll never attain I mean, this is my side project, like the, the bloody horror <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, that is a good point. <laughs> wow, you so you consider like work your main project? Yeah, I don't know. What that, well, and yeah, having three children is well. That's also a project. Uh, th- th- those aren't fun projects, though, John. Like, I don't. Well, I don't know if you understand. But, not fun. That's for sure. Yeah, drinking is that a side work? Project is a thing I ha- <laughs> work is a thing I have to do. Yeah, kids aren't a project. Yeah. That's just like a different yeah. category. I'm just saying. What do you do to get your kicks, John, when you're just like, you're looking to unwind a little bit? I watch The Cursed, and (laughs) I come here to talk about it with you guys. What are you currently binging? Give me something, Schnars. Do you just, like, when Um, you're not on here, do you just stare at a wall? Severance. Have you guys, you guys seen Severance? Yeah. Severance. I'm not Mm -hmm. binging it. Do I have to, do I have to pay Apple to get that Apple TV stuff? Unfortunately. Well, if you get a new device, you should get it, you should get Apple for free there's for something a else for a they, while they have another yeah. show that i do oh, they have that ted lasso show right i was kind of thinking yeah they got lasso a couple is, good ones out there I, and they really have good. and servants 
is on there. Mm. Servant oh, is oh, great. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched Servant. Is it that good? It's isn't really that, good. Isn't that M. Night? It's M. Night, Yeah, right? and his daughter, too, directs a Ooh. lot of them. Nice. And yeah. Ron Weasley. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Who is yeah. shockingly good. I did not yeah. expect <laughs> it, but he is really good. <laughs> Who is Nick Cage's understudy in the universe, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there are worse gigs out there. Yep. I just there binged I just binged five seasons, John, of Better Call Saul. Uh I have I've not watched it. So I would like to I you I, I mentioned this in the show before, but I have um like a, a, an addiction, maybe you call it to like streaming Breaking Bad. Like I've yeah, yeah. I've no, seen Breaking Bad like forty five times and people say that and they're like, uh oh, forty I might have actually probably watched Breaking Bad like 50 times through. Like I've it's I will just oh, put wow. on a loop for days and days and end while I'm working and just like over and over and over. Never watched Better Call Saul. The final season hype got me. So I watched the whole thing in like two weeks. It's pretty good. <laughs> it takes yeah, a while good. to get there. But by the time you get to like season three and then four, especially and then five, it really gets to the heart of like, why are why are we doing this? But Man, it's a real slow ramp to get there. I will say that. Well, it's I I watch we watched like the first two episodes, and I remember being like, yeah, ah, it was really hard to watch it coming right off of Breaking Bad because it was like going hundred miles an hour and then slowing back down to five because you're just starting yeah. and you know, and it's like, but man, it does get there eventually if you get. Let me tell you, I watched the movie Nobody. Uh, was that which good? Re- it it's excellent. Oh, I have to check. It out. <laughs> like, I love. I love really good. I love that dude. It's awesome. Yeah. He's great, and the movie's great. Uh, give it a high recommend. So. There's a, and also for somebody like me who's watched Breaking Bad an unhealthy amount of times, there are just constant Easter eggs in that show. Just random restaurants yeah. and like street names, just like all kinds of shit from that you hear in the show. So if if you want my like thing, I've been streaming, which is my wife won't watch it with me, which is always the battle. It's like, what are we going to watch together versus my alone? Mm-hmm. Um, Drive to Survive on Netflix which is the formula one racing show. Uh-huh. So, Oh, it's real good, dude. It's great. Okay. I would recommend. I just, we have time. I just have to tell the story. I was on looking to like veg out something in Netflix the other day. And in my rotator, you know, they're always like, they use that rotator. They have enough information about you. They're like, what are you, yeah, they what know. are you into weirdo? Like, what do you want? And like, I don't know for you. It's like, Hey, do you want to watch uh, Breaking Bad again? Sometimes like, they'll just try shit. They'll be like, what, what about this? Because I've been, I've been dabbling a little bit in like true crime documentaries a little bit. So they're just like, oh shit, you like this? We got you like hundreds of these stupid things. <laughs> but it's like, I like a specific lane. It's not, a lot of it's just garbage, whatever. They throw this thing at me. It's like a reality show. It's like 60 days in, it's called. And I'm like, it's like some oh, kind yeah. of prison reality show. And I turn it on. This shit is insane. Like it is, I can't believe it's not a parody. This is a show in which real people volunteer to go to like really, really bad prisons, like for real for 60 days. And literally this prison this season is like, it's in the South somewhere. It's a hot mess. Like people are just murdered. It's like what it's like well-known as like one of the worst prisons. And and why do these people do this, John? You ever watch Survivor? No, listen, this is why it's even more tweaked though. You ever watch Survivor? And they'll they'll be like, "Hey, my name is this. Uh, I'm a huge Survivor fan." And they like they've been watching for years, and they have theories like, "Oh, I would do it this way." And I would. Get, it's like that, but what they're doing is going to prison. So they're they, like, they're like, if I went to prison, it's I would like do season it this way. six. So the people are like big fans, and like, uh, it was traumatizing but it's tourism into 
prison. So here's how it's all here's, but here's how it's all tied. They tie it together with they're going to help prison administrators. Like, yes, like learn what they could do differently to like serve justice or inmate, like some bullshit. They wrap it up in this actual inmates. They need these random people to show up. (laughs) Yes. Not people actually experiencing it. It, dude, cool, cool. it was disturbing. <laughs> I could, I was too tired to even turn it, which is crazy because it was just on my computer. Yeah, oh, there's now they do have some people there. I've the ones I've seen, they do get some people that uh, have a reason to be there. Like there was one kid that was going, or not a kid, he was in his early twenties, but uh, he was going because his brother was incarcerated and. He wanted to experience what his brother was experiencing to be able to sympathize with him more. I think there was another one that was a correctional officer someplace else. I will say there's a real morbid fascination. That I support. There's a real morbid fascination to like um, watching how cocky they are because they're all like they all think they got it figured out. And then they have to go through the whole a whole like fake arrest and then a real intake and stuff. And that's when they start like shitting their pants. That's pretty that's pretty sad. Yeah. Honestly, but. they actually filmed like the first season of that here in Indiana. It's down in Jefferson. I don't know who watches this. I'm not going back to it. It was scary. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. It's nutty. <laughs> um, it's not my kind of feel good. I like fictional criminals, John drug dealers. Look, drive to survive. It's just like people driving race cars really fast. And like, not, sometimes they crash. <laughs> I, I drive a Honda fit, John. It's not really my, my thing. Yeah. Race cars. <laughs> different than that <laughs> Casey that's that's what's going on in Eric's streaming life right now Casey uh what's going on Twitter yeah we got a few tweets out here we got a hashtag SBGH ask us questions we'll do our best to answer first one comes up from our own friend at reachy pants Matilda Nariel are worried <laughs> <laughs> Two-part question from Rachel Pants. What were what were creature would you want to be if you could be any were creature? And what were creature do you think would it, you would actually be? You thought mm. I was going to troll you, didn't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Yeah. I would go with like were orca. And then oh, I think I would probably end up being like a were deer or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I have a feeling I'd end up being like a were panda. <laughs> just so like I would around. just be like a like a were manatee, like you would just kind of like float around. And so I, we went, Rachel and I went away last weekend and got in the pool. So that's where my brain is. Oh. <laughs> um, I would want to be like a were hedgehog because they're already protected. Mm-hmm. Oh, like. that's smart. I want to be a so were. You're squirrel. worried about someone attacking you? Is that? <laughs> I'm all defense. I'm like no offense. I'd be a bad where where creature. Where squirrel would be nasty because squirrels are, yeah, they're frisky. <laughs> Maybe some kind of bird that would be fun too if you could fly. A where bird. Oh yeah. Where bird. Yeah. <laughs> what is that prefix? What is that prefix from? Must be from some word guy, John. What's that from? What, are you asking where? Yeah, where's where's from? where from? <laughs> nah, I don't know. <laughs> I have to do some research to come back to you on that. Mm. All right. Next up, we have one for, I don't know that we've had a tweet from this uh, user before at Grim Reviewer. Who would each of you curse? I'm not saying that. Eric. I'm not saying that (laughs) loud on a podcast. (laughs) Honestly, I'm still holding some grudges from elementary school. I might exercise if I had that option. Yeah. (laughs) 
Not going to lie. <laughs> I'm pretty petty these days. It probably involved a door dasher that forgot my food. <laughs> door dasher. <laughs> That's messed up, man. You want to talk about, you know, taking it out on, on the, you know, working. Man. What do you mean you don't have my Diet Coke? <laughs> <laughs> door dash is weird. Yeah. Man, it takes, I and I don't, I don't, if I had the curse in my pocket, I feel like I would want to go big. Like I would want to make the world better with my curse, but then I would like waste it on somebody who cut me off in traffic or something. Yeah. Like I would waste <laughs> exactly. it. The first person who like minorly inconvenienced me. I live out in the boonies kind of like compared to any other restaurants. So my thing with DoorDash is like, I really am taking a calculation of like, how lazy do I feel versus how much money do I want to pay for delivery? Do I really want to wait like an hour and is it all going to be cold by the time it gets to yeah. you anyways? What's yeah. the point? Yeah. yeah. All right. Next one up. Uh, another new uh, listener at Nelson Tommy. Completely different movie, but what are y'all's thoughts on Wes Craven's Cursed? I personally love it for nostalgia reasons. I never saw it, but I know a lot of people who do. Yeah, same thing on Cabinet. Yeah. I actually before. don't think I've ever seen that one either, or at least not that I remember Curse clearly enough. was kind of interesting because I believe it's a Kevin Williamson thing too. And I think aside from Scream, it was like the next high-profile high thing from both of them. And so I remember- That's where this, the beauty in my background is Is it really right. from that? That looks like some howling two bullshit. I can't believe that's- what That I'm does looking. look familiar yeah. though. Maybe I have seen But uh, So there was like hype for that movie. I'm trying to remember. I want to say it came out in 99 or 2000 or something. No, like it was, so I'm looking. It's 04 because I, oh, I, okay. I definitely so, haven't seen it. So it would have been a little bit Jesse like- Jesse Eisenberg, Judy mm-hmm. Greer- like it would have been a little Jackson. bit of a, of a comeback. Okay, really? Yeah, yeah. And I think like the, the, the stuff that Scream spawned was already on its way out and it was an attempt to kind of rekindle it. So that, that seems like an interesting kind of flick that could get reevaluated. I haven't seen it, but I know yeah. a lot of people who love it. It's one, I think I've seen it twice. I didn't like it. And that was early on when it first came out. So I am curious if I go back, if it'd have more of a culty cheese ball flair that I would appreciate more. Well, so, IMDb calls it a horror comedy, okay. oh. which I did not realize it was supposed to be funny. I mean, I haven't seen I don't, it. They so. don't, I don't know that I realized that watching it. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> All right. Last tweet coming up here from at Robale. At what age is it okay for your kids to curse? My kids say frickin' all the time. They're like <laughs> six cute. and eight. And I'm like, who told you to say frickin'? Like, I don't, we don't. We don't say it. <laughs> like, that's I mean, coming uh, from school. I guarantee you. Yeah, it definitely is. But so my man, my like growing up, I had, I was one of three brothers. And so it, there was definitely a tipping point in my household, at which both of my parents just gave up. Yeah. Be like it got, yeah, it was real cursy in my house. But then like, I know I would then meet people who'd be like, Oh, you did not swear in my house or my parents like, were like, you know, <laughs> We had long talks on when it's appropriate to curse and when it's not appropriate, like in front of your grandma. Smart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was visiting my sister one time when my niece was about two years old and I accidentally taught her how to say shit. And <laughs> my sister and brother-in-law were not happy with me. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And that's it for tweets. Oh, man. I one time was driving my oldest it was like around the time the youngest was born i was in traffic i like was so stressed newborn baby whatever i forgot she was in the car and somebody cut me off and i 
let go a string of expletives that was like epic. And I just went, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And then like, I just waited. She's probably like two. I just like paused it. Everything went blank. And then like, she repeated <laughs> one of them. It wasn't the worst one, but she did repeat one of them. And I was like, I feel like the best thing you do at that point is just divert. Like, you don't have to draw attention yeah. to it. Cause then it'll like, that right, makes it special right. in their head. I was just like, <laughs> I don't remember what I said, but. Oh, look, a bird. Hardcore diversion. Man, okay. Let's see what we got. Instagram. Man, we were on it this week. Casey was tweeting. I um, got her Instagram out on time. You know. No big deal, John. What did you do? <laughs> so proud of you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What is your favorite camping memory? Hmm. We camped a lot growing up um i think i remember camping once as a kid i don't know i camped at eric's bachelor party and the bachelor uh, party camping was pretty good it was a disaster area. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but fun that was my favorite yeah well yeah honestly it's probably mine too yeah i remember camping once as a kid and we had a shitty like secondhand trailer that smelled like mothballs and definitely had like duct tape keeping water out so that wasn't super fun yeah, I went camping a lot as a kid, too. And for our sixth grade, like in sixth grade, we got to go on a camping trip up to Point Reyes. And we were told explicitly not to keep any food in our tent. <clears throat> I didn't listen to that advice <laughs> and had granola bars and beef jerky in there. Oh, no. And uh, in the middle of the night, we all had to like huddle in the middle of the tent because there was some animal outside growling and scratching uh -huh. at our tent. When we woke up in the morning, there were like scratch marks in the actual tent fabric. So, like, oh, I got in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> Who did this? <laughs> That's so brutal. Yeah. Um, you grew up in the... We That's also had a sixth grade camping trip and it was like to Yosemite, I want to oh, say. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Oh, wow. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I remember doing a hiking trip in sixth grade because I remember there was like, so it was the, halfway up the mountain, there was a nice spot where you can stop. And they were like, you, if anybody doesn't want to go up all the way, you can just like chill here till we get back. And I was like, yes, please. So it was like <laughs> me and the other nerds just hung out and waited for everybody to come back. <laughs> yeah, my parents, when I was like real little, had a camper and we used to go every weekend someplace outside our town. I get, I've got lots of fond memories. I, there's some kid that used to go there too, that we were friends. All I remember his name is Corey, but we used to get in all sorts of trouble. And I remember little bits and pieces. Like I know there was a one weekend on like the same day, my mom had to go through all five pairs of clothes. She packed for me for that weekend. Cause we kept falling in the river, that kind of <laughs> stuff. So. <laughs> it's good times. Let's see what else we got. Um, have you ever cursed or been cursed? I feel like I've probably been cursed like a lot of times. Just reminded I've me at people many times. This reminded so. me of yeah. a movie I've never seen. John Stephen King's Thinner. Yeah. Uh, Made me oh think. yeah, I forgot about that movie. The was movie's like a, fine. The books I've, I've read and watched, and it was just a, it was fine. a staple on like. VHS shelves of the era. So I always, I always oh, yeah. see it, but I never, mm -hmm. never rent it. <laughs> that was like the era when they were just like, fuck it, let's make any Stephen King thing. And yeah, 
None of them were good. (laughs) (laughs) There was a real run of garbage there for a while. So, uh, two more left. Have you checked out the empty man? The title sucks, but it's a good culty horror movie. Mm. No, I've heard of it. I had not heard. of it. I feel like we've gotten a lot of not. I don't want to say like requests, but people like I've heard that that movie's not bad. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, that's another one. I remember seeing that poster, but I haven't watched it yet. Love it. It's also at this point, it's like a 2021 movie. So that's part, partly why I'm like, fuck it. We're staying focused on. If we don't get it in the year of release, on. it does not exist yeah. to us. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Last one of the evening, John, prepare yourself. Fanciest 420 trend, cannabis dinner parties or homegrown hostess gifts. I'll tell you this, the last thing I want to do when I'm high is be around people. So neither, neither of those yeah. things sound fun to me. I don't want to go to a dinner party. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, there's like a cannabis, like, uh, you know, those paint nights <laughs> yeah. people have where they have like wine and painting. Paint there's and like smoke. a yeah. lot of that <laughs> out here in California. There's like cannabis slash everything. I, I saw it. I saw an ad in Washington when I was in Washington for a puff and paint somewhere. Puffin, that's what it is. Puffin paint. That's yeah. good. <laughs> um, look, like when you have children, it just no one that shit's all dead to you. So it's well, I puff, haven't done it. Yeah. Give it time. Yeah. One day. <laughs> dare to dream. The teenage years will bring it back. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. My thing is every 420, I'm glad I'm not in college anymore because I went to Santa Cruz and it was a big day outside of, I worked Ooh, in the library. I bet. It was a big day outside of the library. Yeah. Um, interesting yeah I never really experienced that as I mean any kind of like thing like uh, you know St. Patrick's Day or something like any kind of phenomenon outside of just people going hey it's 420 look at you two uh, college library dudes together <laughs> have we had no. this conversation before <laughs> no yeah, okay. were you also a college library I, well I was yeah I was, uh, uh, Matilda John worked at the in the rare book room of the Duke library where he had to wear fancy white gloves to handle things amazing <laughs> certain things not all things but all, most of the, yeah it was fun oh, I worked under the uh, women's studies librarian at Santa Cruz and we got calls at the reference desk from like the marine mammal center saying is Mothra a bad guy or can we name our seal Mothra <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of <laughs> That was my favorite call. From and you were like, well, it's a complicated question, yeah. but how much, let's get into it. How much time do you have, sir? I'm going to need to pull some reference material for this conversation. Yeah, exactly. So then all the reference librarians would go discuss and research. That's amazing. I love that. Very nice. All right, y'all. If you want to hear more of Matilda and Ariel, check out the Zombie Girls GRRLZ podcasting network. You can find that on socials or any of your pod catching apps. I do not have enough energy, John, to promote BGH stuff, but let's just say patreon.com slash bloody good horror. Get that live stream and back episodes and all kinds of other goodies at that link. And we are doing those early release episodes now. If you grab that Patreon feed, early release and weekly uh, curated um, classics. Oh, we should mention, John, that uh, you got called out about a word of the day situation on Slack. Oh, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> Julie and I, dude, this is amazing, actually. This is an amazing, like, synchronicity. I pick those classics weeks in advance to go out on Mondays, and I just pick them based on, like, the same week or whatever. 
So I happened to pick, I guess it was like a quiet place or a quiet place two or something like that. And where you was, did cochlear. It was hush and hush, quiet place two, I believe. Hush, yeah. So um there you go, John. You repeated yourself. I think we should we should cross reference with the make sure our I mean look, there's been a couple of those, let's just say <laughs> so, so. Yeah, it is like, what it is. I like that. But I appreciate the fact check. Julie's so nice. She like gave you the benefit of the doubt. It was like, am I crazy or did John? Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. John yeah. did it. You heard it correctly. <laughs> Have faith in yourself. Yeah. 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 She was like, am I crazy? And Eric showed up. It's like, oh no, he did. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I tagged John in there real quick. Yeah. There you go, buddy. Take your licks. Enjoy. Good times. <laughs> Good times. All right, everyone. It's going to do it for BGH. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll talk to you next week. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.